Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... I think we're in the midst of a tech spiral where we make more and more technologies. Like the new trends don't even hold a year. Every three months, there's a new technology coming in and we can do amazing things today that my nerd tech kid and adult are, are super excited about. But somehow we're not sure why we're doing it. Yeah, but he can do this. But why do we need to do this is gone from our dictionary. Like, why are we doing this? Do we need it? Is it really solving a problem? Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 417 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering and contributing to initiatives and enterprises causing positive transformation locally and globally. Today we're speaking with Galit Ariel. Galit Ariel is a techno-futurist, author, and an award-winning creative, exploring the wild and imaginative side of bleeding-edge technologies through her practice. Her award-winning work spans across location-based AR art, subversive animation, alternate interactions, and art curation. She's the founder of Future Memory Inc., a speculative design agency co-creating tech futures for leading-edge tech platforms, organizations, and policymakers. She's a sought-after speaker, curator, and innovation facilitator for global conferences, organizations, and think tanks such as TED, SXSW, Slush, the European Union, Bell Labs, Microsoft, the 150, and many more. On today's podcast, we will discuss how Gullet explores the future and how technology and humans interact with it and influence each other, focusing on how mixing the digital and the physical creates new hybrid experiential spaces, Gullet's emerging work and what she sees for the future ahead. Gullet, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. That was my sexy radio voice. (laughs) Love it. Could you please share a bit about your background and what has led you to where you are now? Probably flaunt the fact that I was born a nerd. As a kid, I was a sci-fi nerdy kid. I still am, to be honest. And I think this is where actually my infatuation with like people, spaces and technology melded together. And my career path, seemed quite non-linear to some people but for me it makes complete sense because it really gave me a vital essence in being able to understand the passage of technology across physical and digital spaces cultures and society so I started off as an industrial designer graduated industrial design in Central St. Martins in London. I worked for seven years after as a designer in Milan, and that really helped me to understand ideas, physical things, physical spaces, aesthetics, and purpose is very important. 
because tangible artifacts have a tangible cost, let's say. They occupy a space. It's clear to us what we get in exchange and technology is not. But after that, I shifted into creative aspects of brand and experience design when I was living in Amsterdam. And that really helped me deepen my understanding of cultural context and how humans experience spaces and things. Eventually, I continued naturally in my mind into human computer and digital interaction, which kind of cemented where I'm at now, which is looking at emerging tech and how it is significant in our societies and futures, how culture, behavior, artifacts, and spaces make new technologies. And currently I'm living in Toronto and I have my own consultancy, but I also research immersive spaces in relation to body and identity through a PhD project I'm doing. I create immersive and digital content that explore social and political clashes and paradigms. And I help clients understand how technologies and societies come together. So I really came together in the intersection of research and creation, physical and digital. And this allows me to understand better our technological future, futures, actually in plural. There is no one future. Don't believe a futurist that tells you they, they know what the future is. There are possible futures ahead. And this is what we need to do to get there or not to get to another. So this is who I am and what I do. Amazing. And you were named one of the 40 most influential futurists on that by Forbes in 2022 and a digital hippie. What are some of the things that people would benefit from knowing when it comes to the future potentials? As you mentioned, there are limitless potentials of our technological civilization. I, I love the term uh, digital hippie because it speaks to my approach to technology, which is I love tech. I really love it. And by loving it, it means I'm not in love with it. I can be critical towards it. I can understand it and love it despite its flaws. And I am critical about how we implement it. But I'm also hopeful that we can fix the harms we've done and we can make better technologies that we actually deserve. In terms of what I wish people will benefit from thinking about our future potential, two main things that are really important in order to change the plethora of issues we have because of, I want to say, harmful, malicious, and, and nonsensical applications of technology. The first one is to recalibrate and ask ourselves why we are creating technologies. Why? Why are we making it? Because we can? Sure. Mm -hmm. But can't be the only reason. And the second one is, what are the consequences of technologies that are incoming in a growing pace? I think we're in the midst of a tech spiral where we make more and more technologies. Like the new trends don't even hold a year. It's every three months, there's a new technology coming in and we can do amazing things today that my nerd tech kid and adult are, are super excited about. But somehow we're not sure why we're doing it. 
yeah, but he can do this. But why do we need to do this is gone from our dictionary. Like, why are we doing this? Do we need it? Is it really solving a problem? Sure, make money. Of course, it's an industry. But besides it, what is it giving to society? I'm fine, of course, with people profiting from tech. But when it becomes the only goal, I think it, it's also harming tech and innovation. Something new is not innovation. Innovation is actually the ability to change systems for the better. Normally building on systems we have instead of reinventing them quicker and faster and shorter. We, we lost a plot in our relationship with technology. We lost a plot in what societal and ecological damage some technologies create and what societal and personal harm they carry. Are they solving problems? Why are we doing it? And, and what are the consequences? What is the payoff? Yeah, and it's really valid to bring that more discerning, balanced approach to these really important conversations. And as you mentioned, you are a leading researcher, thought leader, and the creator of augmented reality and other spaces that are designed for these human experiences and interfaces with tech. And you often talk about the responsibility as you just mentioned, that comes with this innovation and the immense potential or lack of uh, potential (laughs) and the digital divide and the true costs of technological progress. And can you tell us a little more about some of the ways that has looked in the past and some of the ways that is looking or what else is possible in those spaces? So I want to first highlight that a lot of the time we ourselves get the terminology wrong. When we think about crypto, NFT, generative AI, the metaverse, I normally don't say that name out loud because three times and it might become real. These are not technologies. These are platforms of existing technologies, of digital currency, of blockchain, AI, of immersive and spatial computing. But these platforms, crypto, NFT, generative AI, the metaverse are, in my mind, the epitome of these hypes and possibilities that are interesting, for sure, very exciting to some people, but we don't know why we're doing it. And they are costing a lot in in a lot of level. I'll start actually from the cost because that's one of the things that is least discussed about these technologies that use very complex algorithmic calculations to attach a certificate to an artwork or create this fake digital currency that is attached to a hamster or a dog. All these amazing technologies where you can do your PowerPoint presentation in 3D with a PowerPoint. I'm I'm mocking it a little bit because these are the showcases I've seen so far. They consume immense amounts of energy. Immense amounts of energy and and people are not talking about it. They are still relatively small. And if only one of them will become, I want to say a common practice, the crypto global crisis and of climate crisis, because crypto assets alone use yearly electricity in the amount of between 120 and 240 billion kilowatt hours per year. It exceeds a total annual electricity usage of individual countries. And that's for trading invisible coins. These technologies are literally melting the ice caps. It's absurd. And they're not solving a problem. They might solve inconveniences for some people, but they're not solving a problem. And 
definitely not in the level that is worth the collapse of our planet. It, it's absurd. It's almost insane. I'm sorry. It's something you would read in science fiction about and say, oh, idiots. And I really, again, have to differentiate between these applications and the technologies themselves. Blockchain is a great technology talking about like securing assets and having mini contracts and transactions. Fantastic. Digital currency. Amazing. We've been using it for years, actually, because most of us don't carry coins and, and bills and notes, etc. Immersive technology is amazing, but we don't necessarily need to have this 3D branded shopping mall in order to experience our bodies in other spaces. And it's literally the difference between looking at nuclear science and a nuclear bomb. They're both using the same physics. One can be used to multiple things, including nuclear and clean nuclear energy. And one is a nuclear bomb, like falls on us and affects all us. But what is left behind is, is not very desirable. I'm sorry that I, I don't mean to offend anyone. I know people are passionate about it. Crypto, I'm sorry, but it's a ridiculous pyramid scam. Crypto is not money. There's so many books and, and literature and economics to listen to about it. it. If it's a currency, it's the most volatile, hard to monitor and to extract. And it's definitely not about distribution of wealth. NFTs are not about rewarding artists and the only good things they've done is put forward the fact that digital art is valuable, but it also diminished the idea of creativity and art into a tradable product. Generative AI, I don't know what problem we're solving with not having to be creative because it's so tiring, except of putting creatives out of work and stealing their original work in order to regurgitate a new creative artsy photocopy of something. So I'm not impressed at all, not while all these techno quirks are, are diverting resources from technologies that can solve hard problems, improving agriculture, improving health. This is where our money should be primarily, and not just in the terms of private money, but government money. We have so much money going into startups, and these startups eventually aspire and end up being sold to big corporations. So the public is paying for the research and development of technologies that are then used against them or to monetize on their backs. This is the hard part for me of what's happening and, and how this industry creates great products, but mostly is suffering from hyper-capitalistic identity crisis where it's stopped living up to its potential. It lives only up to how big it can become. And this is not what I want for my loved one. I love technology. And this is the thing I'm, I'm struggling the most as somebody in this industry of, of how do you create spaces for better practices and better technologies? How do we talk to policymakers and people in the industry and to people that are using technology because they're never in the table? They're never sitting in the table. When you have like technology boards, it's tech and finance people sitting together telling us how great technology is for us, but there isn't real dialogue and real understanding of what we need and what we want and what we should have at least sponsored publicly, at least endorsed. People can do in their private equity things what they want. Elon Musk 
that is talking about what an entrepreneur he is, you know, SpaceX technology and finance came from NASA. They were interested in civil space exploration. So when he's going out there as this outlier infant terrible genius, which he's not, he's leveraging on social knowledge and, and public knowledge and government funding. And he's getting all these companies financed by government fundings while he's setting up a satellite network around our Earth. He doesn't care about Mars. I don't know myself how to hack it, but I wish that more people will talk about it and be, I don't want to say angry, but critical about it in the industry and outside the industry, because this is our personal futures, our social futures, our climate futures, our financial systems futures. It's no longer just this industry that does things. It's integrated in everything that we do every day, all day long, whether we're aware of it or not. The lack of and potential for true democratization and participation is a real um, chasm between those. Yeah. What inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently that you feel are creating some positive change? We're talking a lot more about positive social change and doing a lot less for it. In, in reality, I still have like two of my favorite positive impact companies have been created a while ago. Like Wikipedia is one of them when people ask me like, show me a technological product that is really democratizing and it's not about the money. Wikipedia, which, which was mocked when it came out, became such an important cultural source of, of open access to knowledge. It is self-monitored. It is non, not for profit. It is what the internet can be and should be about, more of it. Ben & Jerry's, besides the fact of having wonderful ice creams, this is a company that for so long have stood up for social value and equity through not just donations, but actually through their advertisement, through their own products. I love it when things are applied, not just doing equity board hiring and green tech. I, I love to see companies that actually do it and very few do, or at least very few do it in a way that is really balancing out everything else they're doing. There are a lot more, I want to say, advocates for ethical tech. Some of them are joining the hype of like, yeah, it should be ethical. Let's do a metaverse ethics board where all white men that tell us how to make an open metaverse. It's very bizarre. But there are individuals that are sacrificing and speaking up like Timnit Gebru from Google, a lead AI scientist and researcher that spoke up against the practices they were developing and got kicked out and keeps advocating. And actually, even I'm seeing governments and, and nonprofits that are rising up. I'm a lot more optimistic about governments. The EU just came out with very quick legislation or adaptation of existing legislation for AI in edited some clauses about generative AI. So a lot more reactive, a lot more responsible. In Australia alone that I visited lately, there's a lot of work being done in terms of implementing AI ethics and laws. The National AI Center is doing phenomenal work in research and reporting and, and bringing in industry into this, I want to say, a fairer space. So I am optimistic. I wish there were more, 
I'm a hippie. I believe it can be better. Absolutely. And Galit, to finish off, what are some books or resources that you would recommend to our listeners? I want to say books always, always, always say science fiction, always. It teaches us so much about future frictions and existing frictions. Um, It's all been written already. And if you're going to go science fiction, my favorite, my go-to since forever is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Very helpful in in helping you maintain, I want to say, a bit of tongue-in-cheek towards technology and how we think about it. It's, It's a really funny series of books and characters, but it's super deep and philosophical when you peel the layers and understand some of the concepts there. There's a great book called Invisible Planets that I finished reading twice now. It's a collection of short sci-fi stories from Chinese science fiction authors. And it's really interesting to read science fiction from a different cultural lens because it was so Western and Hollywood focused until recently. For resources, people always the best resource ever. And I'm not talking just reality shows. Watch how people around you interact and react when they come into contact with technology. Have a second look of it and what's happening to you when you use it. And if you do work in tech, please talk from people from outside the field. There are people outside the field. I know you work with tech people and these are the people you know. Step outside and talk to them and ask them, what are they scared of? What do they like? What do they need? The Silicon Valley bro culture is just not going to give us anytime soon anything worth having in tech. Not anymore. And if they will, they won't consider the cost because they don't. The cost for us. So this this is the thing. Have a look at people. Read science fiction. Eat carbs. What else can you say? (laughs) A successful living. Gully, thank you very much for your generous time and insight. Super appreciate it. No worries. Love talking about tech. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter. Thank you.